want to live a high vibe life with radiant energy levels, juicy sexual vitality, and have great success manifesting abundance in your life. Welcome to the Sexual Kung Fu Podcast, where we dive deep into sexual mastery and how to use sexual energy to magnetize your ideal life. Happy Thursday, everybody. We got some good things to go over today. Today, I wanted to talk about building sexual endurance. And for men, a large part of this is learning to last longer during sex. Uh, Premature ejaculation is something that a lot of men suffer from. The average man lasts about four or five minutes during sex before ejaculating. And this becomes a problem for a lot of relationships because women typically take uh, much more than four or five minutes just to warm up, to be aroused for sex, let alone the point of reaching an orgasm, right? And so this could be a really frustrating issue for men when they're unable to last long enough to satisfy them, their partner. And especially when a man can only last 45, four to five minutes during sex, he's not going to be able to have very good orgasms. I got to take my tea kettle off. Give me a second, I can probably hear this one. All right, we're back. So as I was saying, uh, the the average man just doesn't last long enough to, first of all, satisfy his partner, bring them to orgasm. But most of all, he's not actually being satisfied himself because you can't get to these intense, full body, expanded states of an orgasm when your sex is only lasting a few minutes, right? So this is a huge issue for men. I want to share some uh, information with you guys about why this happens. The good news for men is that any man can overcome premature ejaculation. This isn't something that's like a lifelong curse or like a medical condition or something like that. This is simply uh, a pattern in your mind and your body that can be changed through time and through proper training, right? And this is what sexual Kung Fu is all about is training. You know, everyone wants to like take a pill um, and have something fixed immediately, but it doesn't really work like that, right? It really requires discipline, training, reshaping the patterns of your body and your mind to make a lasting change, especially when it comes to your sexual experience, when it comes to developing sexual endurance and uh, increased orgasmic experiences. So the first thing is that a man, if you're wanting to overcome premature ejaculation, you must train yourself to last longer because your masturbation habits are often what become your sexual habits. How do most men masturbate in their early years? probably sitting in their room, afraid their mom's going to come walk in on them. And so they do it very quickly. They do it, you know, because they feel weird about it. So they, they do it as quickly as they can. And when you do that every day over time, especially at the same time, you're watching porn, just overstimulating your system, dr- drawing you to that point of ejaculation very quickly. You're basically programming that uh, response in your body. So the body says, okay, we're experiencing sexual stimulation. That means we must ejaculate in about three minutes. So it becomes a pattern, right? So what you really want to do is to start training yourself uh, to overcome this issue, train and rewire your arousal response and your body and your mind. And we need to really look at what is happening to cause ejaculation in, you know, physiologically in the male's body. Ejaculation is a function of the sympathetic nervous system. This is the fight or flight response. This is active when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling tense, when you're worried about things, you're not getting enough sleep, you're working too hard, you're stuck in this state of fight or flight response. That is linked to the the ejaculation 
reflex, we could say. So there's three main things I would say that contribute to uh, being in, in a state or rather uh, something else I need to cover here. One of the pretty much number one biggest cause for men a premature ejaculation is pelvic floor hypertension. You'll notice, I mean, notice right now, is your pelvic floor engaged a bit? Uh, like you're doing a Kegel, right? A Kegel is where you're holding back urine, that, that feeling of engagement in those pelvic floor muscles. Notice right now, is that area relaxed or have you been tensing a little bit? I guarantee that many of you, when you do this, when you check this, you've actually been holding some tension in this area. And so this is the biggest cause of premature ejaculation for men is these hypertension patterns in the pelvic floor. And the main causes of this are, first of all, from doing Kegel exercises, because unfortunately, most sex experts out there are saying, oh, yes, the best exercise for men to do, they want better erections or to overcome premature ejaculation is to do Kegel exercises, squeeze these muscles really hard, strengthen them as much as they can. And that'll do the trick. Unfortunately, this is, uh, it's a great misunderstanding about how this area of the body works. Uh, when you do Kegels, you're only engaging a few of a very complex system of muscles and tissues, which the pelvic floor is. There's like uh, something like 18 or more different muscles and, and in the, uh, different muscle groups in this area. And again, when you're doing Kegels, you're only engaging a few of those. So what this leads to is imbalances in the system over time when that's all you're doing is just squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. So certain of those muscles become very, very strong and the rest stay not as strong. And so this leads to muscular imbalances. And this, the most common occurrence with this through men for men is that they can't relax this pelvic floor, especially during sex, especially during sexual stimulation. Uh, there's this tendency to when the penis is being stimulated, there's this involuntary response of squeezing the pelvic floor. And if that happens to you, then it's a, a, a good indication that this is uh, pelvic floor hypertension. And if you have premature ejaculation, this is something you want to overcome. So that's the main cause of this pelvic floor hypertension pattern in men. Something else is spending too much time sitting down. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm sitting in a chair right now, but when you spend all day sitting, too much sitting, you're put, placing all of this stress and weight. It, you, have you ever spent all day standing up? How do your feet feel at the end of the day? They feel very tense. They feel very tight and stiff. That's how your pelvic floor feels when you're sitting on it, when you're sitting down all day. It starts to get all these knots, all these tension patterns in it. So that is another very uh, common cause of this pelvic floor hypertension, which many, many men are suffering from that's contributing to both premature ejaculation and certain forms of erectile dysfunction. And then the other thing that causes this pelvic floor hypertension is stress and mental tension, overthinking, uh, emotional stress. You, there's a very strong connection between uh, tension of the mind, emotional tension, and tension in your physical body, especially the pelvic floor. Uh, for whatever reason, when we're in stressed out states, when we're in tense states, we tend to just be squeezing this area of the body. And sometimes this tension is more subtle than it may seem. You may not just be like, you know, really, really strongly squeezing, but there is these subtle uh, contraction happening in this area. And again, it's the squeezing of the pelvic floor, these tension patterns becoming ingrained, 
which is constantly triggering that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight response, the muscles of this area connect to that, those nerves. And so when there's all this tension in the pelvic floor, you're stuck in that fight or flight state. And what happens is you get aroused, uh, you're sexually stimulated, you're already right on the edge of ejaculating. So the most important aspect of training to overcome premature ejaculation is correcting this pattern of pelvic floor hypertension. So how do we do that? This is the most important part, right? There's a few exercises <clears throat> that you can use. First of all, being aware of this, you know, again, notice right now, are you holding tension in your pelvic floor? Are you doing like a Kegel in, involuntarily right now? Just bringing that awareness throughout the day. And this is often linked to very shallow states of breath. The diaphragm's tight, your belly's tight, the breath, you're breathing up in your chest. This is often linked to that. So that's something else to be aware of. But some exercises you can do to start releasing these tension patterns from your pelvic floor. Number one is reverse Kegels. So as Kegels are a squeezing, like you're trying to hold back urine, a reverse Kegel is the opposite. Of that. It's a letting go and even a slight push. Now, uh, you don't want to push really, really hard. When I say push, I mean, imagine that, or maybe the next time you're urinating, try to increase the flow a bit. So it's a very subtle kind of push out, not like you're pushing so hard, you know, engaging your abs so hard and pushing down that you're creating this pressure in your head. That's too much. That's going to create tension as well. But it's a slight feeling of uh, releasing and like this outward stretching of the pelvic floor muscles, just a slight push outward. Like again, if you were trying to push out urine, next time you're going to the bathroom, try to increase the flow of your urine and notice what muscles you're engaging. That is basically a reverse Kegel. So do this in conjunction with deep breathing throughout the day, stretching out these pelvic floor muscles, and it will help to start to loosen these tension patterns, break these habits that you have of this ingrained physical tension, which can help you break some of those. Uh, there's often mental tension patterns linked to this as well. Maybe certain emotional states you're stuck in, you know, depression, anxiety that link to this contraction in your pelvic floor. Also, there's very helpful stretch exercises like stretching type exercises that help to release these muscles. And again, it's important to understand the pelvic floor muscles are not standalone muscles. They're often treated like this because again, the, the, the advice is usually to do Kegels, but they connect to the surrounding muscle groups. They connect to the abdominals very strongly to the thighs, to the glutes. And so stretching these areas, loosening these areas up helps to loosen up the pelvic floor as well. So uh, a lot of yoga type practices, which open up and stretch the hip area, the thighs, the glutes, all this area, it helps to release this pelvic floor tension as well. A really great practice is uh, malasana posture, the, like a deep squat. You sit in that position, you breathe deeply, and you'll feel your pelvic floor expanding out as you deep breathe, as you breathe deeply into your belly. And when you spend a few minutes doing these stretching type routines every day, it will help to loosen that uh, those patterns over time. So that's kind of the daily <clears throat> practice you know, daily regimen of helping to correct these imbalances in the pelvic floor. Um, another thing to be aware of is, of course, stress and mental tension, noticing how your mind is always going on loops, thinking about random thoughts, going into these thoughts, and then they turn into worries. And you're just spending all this mental energy. And that's triggering this fight or flight response state in your nervous system as well. So this is why meditation training is especially important to learn to not just let your thoughts take you on a ride all day, just spending all this energy, creating all this tension, but to learn to calm your mind, you know, spending time in nature, doing meditation, doing breathing exercises and things like that is very helpful for this as well. So sexual Kung Fu is a holistic approach. It's not like, okay, there's one aspect to this. You want to look at everything in your life and see how it's all contributing to uh, whether it's premature ejaculation, you know, having erectile dysfunction, you're just 
stress in general, you're not having full body orgasms, right? So there's a lot of ways, ways to go about this. But as far as training yourself uh, to, to develop your sexual endurance as a man, to build your ejaculation control, here's another thing is that if you're simply not used to having sex for long periods of time, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, we could say, not exactly stress, but but input right in your nervous system when you're having sex and you're whole, you're in a state of high arousal for a longer period of time, you have to train your body to be able to handle that arousal without just ejaculating, right? And this is a big part of sexual kung fu training is we could say kind of upgrading your nervous system, upgrading your energy body to hold this greater charge of chi, of sexual energy and arousal. Because here's the thing, when you're becoming aroused, all this pressure is building that arousal and it creates this tension buildup in the sexual center around the prostate in those pelvic floor muscles. And if you don't have a way to disperse that energy through the body, once you hit a maximum point, you ejaculate. So a big part of the training is learning to manage that, that arousal and that tension without ejaculating, right? And here's where relaxation comes in handy because you must be able to relax, to allow that energy to spread throughout your body, to spread up the spine, to move through the organ system, the glands, the brain. This is the, the circulating, the sexual energy, right? But I'm going to finish this with, with some very practical advice, right? So basically, you want to start practicing reverse Kegels every day. Do some of these pelvic floor stretch routines. You know, even a few minutes a day is going to make a huge difference. But start to train yourself with self-stimulation because it's difficult to go into sex and expect these patterns to change, right? Uh, because there's often all this added stimulation for your partner and you may be worried about what the outcome is going to be. But when you're just by yourself exploring your own body, there's no pressure. It's just you. And it's it's a much easier way to start to shift these patterns, right? So basically what you want to do is when you're stimulating yourself, become aware of how there's a tendency to want to squeeze your pelvic floor muscles. Again, this comes down to having poor masturbation habits as well. If you have the tendency when you're masturbating to just be squeezing the pelvic floor muscles because it does increase the sensitivity of your penis, it creates more pleasure, but it draws you to ejaculation much more quicker. So notice how that's happening when you're being sexually stimulated and then start to change that dynamic. So as soon as you start feeling like you're going, you're tensing up, you're going to tense up, stop the stimulation, take a deep breath, and then keep going, staying focused on relaxing your pelvic floor area. And, you know, play with different types of stimulation here, make it more of a massage and just notice, okay, if I stimulate slowly and mindfully, not just hammering away, uh, I can stay relaxed a lot easier. And then notice where you kind of hit the point where you start to squeeze the pelvic floor muscles, you stop, you relax, you breathe deeply and keep going. So you start to train yourself to overcome this involuntary squeezing of the pelvic floor and these hypertension patterns, right? So that's basically one of the simplest ways to overcome premature ejaculation for men is to let go of these hypertension patterns of the pelvic floor basically, right? But it can be a bit more, you know, difficult for some men if you've had really, really strong stress and tension patterns in this area for years and years and years, then you're, you might take more, it may take more of a specialized routine for you, more of a specialized approach. And this is what uh, I created a recent masterclass I did called Awakening the Sexual Center. It's all about uh, releasing the tension patterns from your pelvic floor, understanding more about why you have these tension patterns and how it's more than just muscular tension. There's the fascia tissue as well, which connects all the muscles in the body. Uh, and it, 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 it interfaces with your mind. It literally interfaces with your mind and your emotions. And it's, you're able to shape it 
with certain ways, right? And when you understand how to work with this, again, you, you can release these tension patterns of your body. So in this training, I go in depth into that. There's a of a very systematic sequence of stretches and pelvic floor exercises to deeply release the tension patterns. And if you do this every day, you're going to quickly see very powerful results. This is what I personally use to release my pelvic floor hypertension patterns from years and years of doing Kegels really, really strongly every single day. Um, and I also teach in this, in this training, how to directly, uh, more in depth, how to train using self-pleasure to overcome these uh, involuntary contractions so that you can last as long as you want and experience much more orgasmic pleasure. So I'm offering a 44% uh, discount on this training right now. Uh, there's a link in my Instagram bio, so Awakening the Sexual Center Masterclass. There's a link here in the chat on YouTube. There's a link in the description. So check that out, guys. For the next 48 hours, you can get that for 44% off. It's an amazing, amazing training. So check that out. Uh, but again, if even if you just use the information I, I shared with you, uh, the, the stretches and the reverse kegels, you'll see some great results. So, um, with that, I'm going to move on to answering some questions now. So feel free to type your questions in the chat box and we're gonna do a little Q and A. Thanks everyone for showing up. It's always good to see you guys. Uh, I am on my journey. Um, last week I spent the week moving out of my place. It was quite an ordeal, you know, moving, I was living in a house, had a lot of things I'd accumulated. So it was this huge cleansing of just letting things go. Uh, you know, it's a lot of time spent packing, things like that. And now I'm traveling with my, my partner, Mariah. We're in Salt Lake City right now. We're doing a, a kind of a road trip, traveling, staying in different places for the next three months. And it's been amazing so far. You know, I love traveling. I love just being in different places. So it's, it's fun. I'm going to be in, yeah, I'm going to be all over the U.S. So anyways, all right, I'm going to answer some questions now. Let's see if there's some in the chats. Okay. Harshvarden says, how to subside our arousal after hitting the edge to again start the, the lovemaking session. Okay, so, okay, and also why is edging the second time very fast as compared to the first time? How to, so basically, I think what I understand that what you're asking here is why once you kind of hit the edge where you're about to ejaculate, how do you come back down on the arousal level so that you can continue making love without, you know, being right there on the edge. So really the biggest thing here uh, is avoiding getting to that place, that point in the first place. It's like once you're right at the edge, once you're at 99.9% .9 of the way to the point of no return, there's not a whole lot you can do to go back down, right? I mean, you can using certain techniques when you get really good, but for most people in the beginning, the most important part, I mean, really for everyone, the most important part is to avoid getting there in the first place. So don't let yourself get to 99.9%, .9%, right? If you have to stop, then it's like, it's too late in a lot of ways, right? So this really comes down to, again, what I've been talking about, keeping the pelvic floor relaxed, keeping the energy circulating through your body, not getting too hyper-focused on your your penis with your mind, because when your mind's completely in your penis, all your energy is going there and you're strengthening this arousal response. So I would say the biggest training is to avoid getting there in the first place. But once you do, it, you know, there's some things maybe you can do once you get there. First of all, take a bit of a break, you know, slow your breathing, slow down the stimulation. This is why the power lock technique is used. You know, I have a free basic version of this on my YouTube channel. Look up sexual Kung Fu power lock. You can use this technique when you're at a point of high arousal to very powerfully draw the sexual energy out of the genitals and you do this a few times you know your erection will probably go away but if you continue going then um 
you will find it much more manageable, most likely once you practice with this, right? <clears throat> and the question here, why is, you know, the second time is very fast as compared to the first time? I'm not exactly sure the context of this, but basically once you first hit that edge, why do you really quickly get there, you know, continuing? And this is usually because there's a degree of tension that started to accumulate in the pelvic floor. And this is what I've been talking about, right? Is this, as the arousal builds, when this, when this builds up, tension strongly in the pelvic floor area, which it likely does, that's what's building up to ejaculation. This is really a tension buildup. Your pelvic floor is starting to engage the, the around the prostate area. It's starting to squeeze, starting to squeeze as the fluid builds up in the prostate. And, you know, once it hits that 100%, the only thing for it to do is to spasm and release the fluid. So this is why paying attention to when your pelvic floor is starting to contract and get tight during self-stimulation during sex is very important because you want to avoid that in the first place, basically. And yes, uh, power lock technique and, and testicle breathing, orgasmic breathing is what you want to do during sex, but also keeping your pelvic floor relaxed is extremely important. There's a lot of factors to this deep breathing. You can make sound to help dis disperse that energy through your body. Many, many, many techniques here, but also what your mind is doing is very important. This is something I was, I was talking about with one of my training groups the other day, but basically it's like um, in, in Tai Chi practice, I think that this is this is a, uh, an interesting parallel here because in Tai Chi, uh, we do a practice called push hands where it's, it's not, sometimes it's like a competitive thing, like people trying to shove each other around, but that's not really the point of it. The point of it is you, you're giving your partner some pressure uh, somewhere in their structure, somewhere on their body, because the whole thing of Tai Chi is you learn to connect your whole physical body and your energy body so that any pressure is not localized to one point. So it doesn't land on you and, and affect you. you. You learn to distribute that pressure throughout your whole body and yield it in a way, right? So basically, and this is very much related to your mind. So the tendency when someone pushes you is you kind of panic, your mind goes right where they're pushing on you. And when your mind's there, it, it, it kind of collapses your energy field because you're focused on one local area instead of your whole structure, right? And so you collapse and you're easily pushed. I'm finding that's exactly the same thing during sex. When you keep your mind equally distributed through your whole body, which takes some training. Most people simply cannot occupy their bodies with their minds. It takes some training. This is known as Ting Jin in the internal arts, this ability to absorb the mind into the entire structure, the entire body. So when you hold this, your mind is completely absorbed in your entire body during sex. The energy just is flowing all over the place. It's pretty easy to maintain your arousal. But when you start to focus on your genitals because, oh, the pleasure there, oh, this is building, uh-oh, you collapse your structure in the same way. Your energy stops circulating. It builds up in the genitals and you ejaculate. So there's a lot of aspects to this, right? This is kind of the advanced class here, but that's another thing is to strengthen your ability to uh, keep your mind absorbed in your entire body rather than just one specific part. Hope that's helpful. Santino Martial says, how do you deal with anxiety? Love that, Shazandra Berry, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> anxiety is... You're disconnected from the present. You're worrying. Your mind is in the future. You're like, uh oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're not in the now. You're you're in an illusion, right? And it, you know, it's definitely a, a, something I've struggled with at, at various periods of my life, especially in my younger years. And what really helped me was to get grounded, to get 
to be completely occupied here in the present moment and to understand that the mind is always creating these these kind of things to feed itself with these illusions these fears and this also really relates to the spleen stomach the earth element right um when you feel safe and secure in your own body when your internal earth is strong you don't have anxiety so i think that spending more time in nature you're kind of resonating with that external earth uh doing practices like qigong and meditation you know learning to learning also how the physical things that change in your body when your mind starts to get on these thought loops to start skin doing anxiety or stress uh, for me i notice my solar plexus gets really tight my breath comes up high in my chest and you know my my mind's racing and so the remedy to this is to sink the breath but here's the difference between you know forceful breathing it helps like the more pranayama type practice can help you but like in the long term simply sitting and observing your breath giving it your attention just noticing how does it feel the air moving out in and out of the nostrils you just sit there uh, sitting out in nature, listening to all the sounds, just deeply immersing yourself in all the, the sounds, of the birds, water flowing, whatever. And when you're just 100% listening, you can't be thinking, right? And you're feeling the air moving in and out of your nostrils. You're not trying to change it. You're just observing it. And that naturally causes it to change. So there's a lot to it, right? But basically internal training, uh, staying away from like, you know, I think spending a lot of time on social media and listening to the news and things like that, it easily puts people in these anxious states. So Turn off your electronic devices, get out in nature, go for a walk, absorb the elements, and you'll be all right. Okay, so Ferris Mokarzel on Instagram says, how do I know if I'm super stimulating my pelvic floor with stretches? I'm not sure what you mean by super stimulating. Okay, Sebastian says, is there any way to recover the testosterone spike after an ejaculation before the seven days of abstinence? I feel very fatigued after it, and I have to wait at least those seven days to recover fully. So uh, if you're feeling completely wiped out after ejaculation, like for a full week, then it's probably depletion. It's probably kidney depletion, um, you know, free testosterone levels are a bit low or things like that. There's going to be a lot of factors to this, but usually it's simply depletion, right? So really building your kidney energy. I think is what allows you to get to the point to where you don't feel just destroyed after an ejaculation. You know, once you get your kidneys really, really strong, you can have an occasional ejaculation and you don't really feel any different afterwards. You don't have that same like super up down in your biochemistry, right? So learning how to build, you know, I've talked about this many times in the past because again, Chinese medicine, kidneys are the battery of the body related to our sexual energy, uh, stillness, tonic herbs, getting all your minerals, you know, gene building foods, um, exercising properly, but not too much exercise, not working too hard and things like that, you know, building the kidneys is going to, I think, really help with this. Derek Trevino, what's up, Derek? Says, how do you, I know you recommend doing sprints and cardio and you're also into resistance training. How do you schedule both of those out in a week without overtraining? I tend to overtrain myself a bit with exercise. Yeah. So I should probably say I'm no longer doing sprints. It was a bit too uh, hard on my body. Um, I, I like to do elliptical and like uh, recumbent biking and some other, other things for, for cardio. I'm also doing a lot of Bagua, Baguazhang walking, which is a phenomenal exercise just for general circulation. Um, but yeah, just in general, uh, 
to avoiding overtraining. Basically, I train uh, physical exercise, like going to the gym, you know, lifting weights, doing doing cardio like that. Four days a week max for me. More than that, I'm usually overtraining because uh, I'm also doing my Qigong practice, which can be quite vigorous. You know, I'm doing internal martial arts, all kinds of stuff. So I'm a pretty active person. And if I'm going to the gym more than four days a week, then I'm I'm beating myself up, right? So you just have to learn to listen to your body. You know, it, it really takes experimenting. If you're feeling like you're overtraining, you're having the symptoms, then cut back on your exercises, cut back on the amount of time you're spending training, the days, give yourself more rest. It's, it's simple as that. And you'll eventually find your, your sweet spot. Duncan Cap said, how long did it take you to retrain yourself? I think you're talking about the context of the pelvic floor, hypertension, retraining that. It took me, uh, it's a good question. I'm trying to think about the specific timeline because it's something that was kind of, you know, it's it's kind of up and down. It's because I, once I started being aware of, of the fact that I was doing all these Kegel squeezing, squeezing exercises during sex because it's, a lot, it's what most of my teachers recommended. And I started to realize this wasn't really working for me in that relaxing my pelvic floor during sex was much more effective. So I would say it took me a few months to really more than a few months. Actually, I would say it took about um, eight months or so of completely stopping Kegels and doing a comprehensive pelvic floor routine to feel like the, the tension patterns had strongly cleared. Um, but it, that's going to be different for everyone. So don't, you know, expect a certain timeline. Just the, the thing, the thing goes, as soon as you start doing this kind of retraining, uh, you'll very, very quickly start seeing progress. It's going to be, you know, like you'll have a day where you're completely in control then a day where you're, you know, maybe you're a bit stressed and the tension comes back, but overall you'll see very quick results when you start doing this, this pelvic floor retraining. But, but again, even within like the first few sessions of incorporating relaxation, I was seeing very, very good results as far as ejaculation control and things like that. Nivtis says, with your grounding meditation on YouTube, why can I feel the chi so much than other times I don't? This is very normal. You know, the process of, of getting the chi flowing in your body, building the chi. Uh, there's an eternal master, Sun Lutong. He's a Xing Yi master. And he said that every practice session is like adding another layer to this energy. Every, every single time you practice, you're just adding another layer to the energy. And over time, it builds and it builds. But it can be a bit slow. It can take years to really build it, right? And it's extremely normal that your practice sessions, like some days you feel the chi really, really strongly, then another day you don't. There's a lot of factors to this. What I've found is that uh, kind of initially for me, it was way easier to feel strong chi later in the day, like my afternoon and evening practices were in the morning. It was more difficult. I'm not sure why that is. It's not so much the case for me now, but that was for a while. Um, and also, you know, think of it a bit as like a you're, you're starting to upgrade your energy circuitry. It's like, if you've ever seen one of those like old neon signs where like part of it's lit up and other of it's like other parts that are kind of like, they're, they're kind of sparking, like it's up, then it's out. That's kind of how your chi is in the beginning when you're first learning these practices, right? So it, it just with consistency with time, it will become more consistent. That's all I can really say. It's, it's, it's there and it's, it's, it's kind of in and out in the early stages of your training. And then the energy kind of congeals, it, it crystallizes, it becomes stronger over time as you keep practicing and it becomes more consistent to the point where you're like lit up all day just by putting your mind in that part of your body, which is a pretty cool thing to experience. 
Fevel Fevel 13 says, can you train your pelvic floor to be so strong that you can have an orgasm and prevent the ejaculation slash contractions to happen? So I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding with this um, because that's the idea I had when I was first learning this because that's what most kind of teachers talk about. It's like, yeah, you just get your pelvic floor so strong that you just contract the point of orgasm and you won't lose any sperm. And there's a bit of truth to that in that you can experience a certain type of non-ejaculatory orgasm by squeezing the pelvic floor when it's strong, but it's very weak. It's a very weak genital-centered orgasm. It's not the full-body orgasm. It's a, it's a, it's just a weak ejaculatory type of orgasm. And I was never that impressed with it. It was, it was very clear to me that this more internal full-body orgasm state, which is has nothing to do with being at a, you know, 9.9% of the way to the point of ejaculation. Right? It's different. Um, it's, it's a much more impressive experience because it's not the that's still a peak orgasm you hit the edge and then you squeeze and what 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 actually happens for most people is they simply have a retrograde ejaculation because the semen simply rechanneled into the bladder and then you urinate it out and you lose it so um yes and no i would say that's not really the way to go i would uh, for my experience and what i prefer Thank you, Nathan, Instagram. Okay. Chosen one says, how to be successful as a lone wolf type of guy in dating. Girls really love seeing an alpha dude of his social circle. Well, I mean, here's, okay, here's kind of my impression of a lot of the kind of dating advice and things like that is, you know, yes, to attract a strong <laughs> polarity opposite. Like if you want a very, very feminine woman, you do need to be a, uh, a strong masculine man, right? But there's a lot of, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a dating coach. I'm just going to say that right now. So take whatever I say with, with a grain of salt. Um, there's a difference between trying to like be, become someone who attracts people just for the sake of attracting people, because that usually often involves being a bit, um, contrived. Like you're like, okay, I have to put on this act and act like this person who I'm really not so I can attract this person. And it's like you're then you have to like continue with that act. So it's like you're kind of putting on this this front. You're acting like you're someone who you're really not. It's not really coming from an authentic place. And what usually happens is you attract someone who's a bit superficial. It's fun for a little while and then it's not, right? And it just I guess it just depends like what kind of partner you want to attract. If you want a very shallow, superficial partner, which is what a lot of the dating vice is geared towards, that's great. But if you want to really attract someone who compliments you, someone who's deeply authentic as you are, uh then I would say that you don't really need to follow this kind of in the box dating advice. Just be yourself, like really just be yourself. Um, spend time where people who are like-minded, you know, if you're into yoga, conscious living, Qigong, whatever, you know, go to yoga classes, go to events, retreats, whatever. And you'll be much more likely to meet someone who's on this. this. So don't feel like you have to become this very certain type of person because again, you'll just attract someone who is superficial. And you have to like live a life for a little bit. That's kind of my take on it. That's, that's basically what I did. I wasn't like trying to put on this front of, oh, I'm supposed to be this, you know, whatever. I simply was who I was. And I was attracting just the right person for myself, I would say. I don't know. That's my take. <laughs> I know the modern dating seems a bit crazy, but, you know.
Sipe says, what's the best thing to focus on when you are going through your day? Well, I think that depends on the things that you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. There's not like, I would say there's one thing you should be doing all day, every day, but in general, maybe something a bit practical in this is just in general, start to notice how your mind is, is creating all these random thoughts and all these desires and these, these things that are taking up a lot of your chi. They're taking up a lot of your energy. We spend a lot of our energy through just excessive mental engagement, too much thinking, the mind's going all over the place. It's going to drain a lot of your energy. So just start to observe like what your mind is doing throughout the day. You know, and that, that could, I guess, be kind of a daily practice. Also noticing how your breath is throughout the day. Um, notice how this also links to your mental states, your states of stress, states of tension, create tension in your breathing states. And, and um, when you learn to be relaxed mentally, physically, and just observe your breathing throughout the day, it will naturally drop into low abdominal breathing. So I some things you can focus on all day. Nivtis says, is it normal that I ejaculate less sperm when I accidentally get to the point of no return? I have gotten better at it over the last few months. Um, I'm not exactly sure the context here, like you're accidentally ejaculating and then you feel like less sperm's coming out, or maybe you're doing something to stop the eject. Like you can start ejaculating, then kind of contract the pelvic floor and it will lessen basically the length of your ejaculation and how much you're losing, or also deeply, deeply relaxing your pelvic floor during an ejaculation, less fluid will come out as well. So I don't, there could be a lot to this. Chosen one says, do you still have a fear of death? Do you ever get split second flashes of impending doom that subtly disperses into the rest of your day? Is this just a part of life, no matter your enlightenment? Um, so first of all, as far as fear of death, I mean, I can't say that if someone jumped through a window with a butcher knife coming at me, that I wouldn't feel some fear. You know, I would probably be a little in fight or flight mode for sure. But overall, I wouldn't say it's like something that is like crippling. Like, oh God, I'm so scared to die. I'm going to stay in my house and not go outside. And you, you know, all the, the 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 fears people have right now in the world. I guess as far as that, it's it's not really a concern to me. Um, you know, I, th I think about death all the time, almost every day because I'm kind of fascinated by it in a way, because we just have no idea what's actually going to happen, right? We have all these stories from religions and faiths that, okay, theoretically, this happens after death, but none of us really knows because we haven't been through it, right? So there's kind of this, this great mystery to that, which I think it's, it's kind of meant to be. But uh, in general, I wouldn't say that fear of death is something that like, you know, affects my day to day life. I, I, I've, I've talked about having an experience where I basically was drowning. I, I almost died and I was like blacking out going into, it, it seems like I was going into death and it was actually one of the most peaceful things I've ever felt in my life. And so it's like, since then, I'm like, okay, it's, it's not that big of a deal. But again, if there was like a, a, a tiger running after me, I would probably feel a little scared. <clears throat> Daniel Fallon says, "Did tantra improve your sleep? I want to sleep like a baby." Um, you know, any any sort of mind, body, energy, spirit cultivation system, if it's balancing your energy, it will help you sleep. But you know, this isn't like a 
one size fits all type of thing. There's exercises, which for some people will be excessively stimulating. And if they do them at night, they won't be able to sleep. Whereas some people they'll sleep like a baby after it. Right. So ma uh, maximizing sleep really comes down to balancing your system. It's about finding balance basically, right. Not being overstimulated, um, you know, hormonal balance, exercising properly, not exercising too much, all these things. So that's really, you know, it, it's, it's not as simple as does Tantra improve your sleep or not. It's, it's really, does the system that you're doing, is it balancing you in your unique constitution constitution so that you are sleeping better? John Zena <laughs> says, have you studied Taoist foot posture and alignment starting from the feet related to Qigong? Yes, I have. Cause this is a big part of Jian Zhuang where, uh, you basically can trace the tension patterns in the body based on what your feet are doing. And I haven't say I've mastered this because I've got, you know, my own, my own patterns in my body. I'm still working out and probably always will have, but, um, yes, basically it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. And that brings me to this question by Jack Bronson. He's saying, are there any good troubleshooting resources for Zhang Zhuang posture adjustments? I've been doing it on and off because I end up hurting my ankles and knees. It's frustrating because I can't practice because of the injuries. Okay. So the best thing is to have a teacher who is well-versed in this practice and knows the proper alignments because they can look at you and tell exactly what you're doing wrong. Usually uh, second best is to use a mirror go through a comprehensive checklist of all the points, which, which actually varies from system to systems. I've seen some systems of Zhang Zhuang. They're like, it's, it's more of a physical, like they're like in a horse stance with their, you know, butt sticking out, their knees are way out here. And it's like, it's not something that you should stand in for a long period of time. Right. But usually, you know, in general, the true Zhang Zhuang is again, there's certain kind of guidelines and rules, right? Maybe I'll, I'll go through some that you may want to look at. Right. Uh, the first is that your weight is evenly distributed on your feet. Like we were just talking about, notice how, if you're actually, you know, all your weights on like this side of your foot or this side of your foot or back on the heel, even left and right, even front and back. You should feel pressure just in front of your heel. See, this is the heel. There's this point here. You want to feel some pressure here. You also want to feel some pressure, kidney one point towards the ball of the foot. Evenness. That's very, very important. Also, the knees. Stand in front of a mirror, both one in front of the mirror and to the side, and notice, are your knees kind of caving in? Are the knees even looking? Almost guarantee that if you're experiencing ankle and knee pain during this practice, something is off in your hip or knee alignment. Um also make sure your your knees are not further than the tips of your toes. So like if you hold, you know, uh, how to really demonstrate this, let's say, I don't know. Um, basically, if you're bending your knees too far, that will cause pain, you know, it can cause pain as well. Uh, make sure your lower back isn't like kind of sticking outwards. It's, it's sinking properly. Um, the hips should not be kind of, you know, noticing if your hips are tilted to the left or to the right, if they're like tilted forward or backwards. So Put a hand on each hip and just notice, am I tilting to the left or right? Again, it's it's probably just a misalignment somewhere in the body that's causing this. So I can only help so much through this. But again, go through the checklist of all the alignments. Look in the mirror. That's the most important thing. And see what's, what's messed up there, if you can tell. Yeah, Zhen Zhuang is a phenomenal, phenomenal Qigong practice. But... If you do it incorrectly, if you have some like major misalignments, it obviously can cause some imbalances over time. Ch 
Chakra Healer 88 says, I've heard underwear affects testicles and sperm count and therefore testosterone levels. What's your opinion on this matter? Yes. Well, the thing here is, is basically anything tight and constrictive uh, in not just the genital region, but like the thighs and the legs as well. You know, tight pants on men, basically anything tight is going to dis, uh, disrupt your sperm production and your testosterone levels. So don't wear tight clothes, basically. Don't wear tight pants. Don't wear like really tight briefs. I don't even wear underwear. I go commando, you know, just to be honest with it. You want your boys to hang loose because it gets hot in there, right? And the heat, the testicles are supposed to stay cool. They're supposed to naturally hang from the body. They'll adjust themselves as they need to. So when you're forcing them to be stuck up against the body, they get too hot. It kills your sperm. It lowers your testosterone. Simple as that. So uh, the remedies to this are number one, don't wear tight pants wear at least boxers or don't wear any underwear. It's, it's kind of unnecessary, honestly, if you have, you know, decent personal hygiene. Um, and also I recommend icing your testicles. Do this a few times a day. I keep a couple ice packs in my freezer. I get them out, stick them on my boys for a couple minutes, you know, three times a day. And we're good. It, it, it's been shown to boost your testosterone levels. Take cold showers, whatever you got to do. Oh, and, and Jack Bronson, something else I want to mention here is just for the time being, you know, you can do Zhang without having very much of a bend in your knees as well. Just basically lock your knees and then just unlock them and do your, do your Zhang that way until you figure out what it is that's misaligned in your posture. Sepe says, I'm starting to, I'm really starting to build my energy now and I'm starting to feel some dense energy in my face, like my eyes, cheeks and stuff, like it's condensing there. Is this normal? Is this my channel's opening? Uh, it's difficult to say. Everyone will experience, you know, different phenomena as, as they start practicing energy cultivation. It could be something from that, from the chi, or it could be something unrelated. You know, it really depends. Okay, Natural Solutions says, what about putting them outside in this, on the sun? I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about testicles. So I was talking about how keeping the testicles cool is very important. And this is kind of a good thing in tandem with that because sun exposure is very important for your, your full body sun exposure, especially the genitals, has been shown to boost testosterone levels significantly, right? Also, is important because you get your vitamin D from the sunlight. And vitamin D is, is very much relates to hormones your sexual health, you know, it's well known that people who who tan have higher sex drives typically because it's, it's yeah. So basically, um, I would say the combination of keeping the testicles cool and getting some sun on your boys for 20 minutes a day, if you can, you will have very potent sexual health. I noticed very quickly when I started getting full body sun that I felt much more potent. <clears throat> Arjun says, hey, Jonathan, I have been practicing Qigong, Dantian breathing, microcosmic orbit and testicle breathing from the past two weeks. That's awesome. And what have you been experiencing? Okay. Zeke the geek says, I know my question is weird. Uh, it may not have ended up in the chat box. Sorry. You may have to retype it for some reason. YouTube filters comments. I don't know if it's like certain trigger words or what, but I didn't see that comment. So if I ignored your message, I probably, it just didn't, um, show up on my feed. So you can try typing back in there again. But yeah, Jack Bronson, um, the mirror is your, 
I don't think anyone should do Zhang Zhuang without practicing in front of a mirror, at least part of the time, because you'll feel like you're right. Like, oh yeah, um, I was recently showing a friend this practice and he was literally like this. I'm like, okay, you know, straighten everything out. He's like this, because we just don't, uh, we become so used to our kind of asymmetrical patterns we have in our body that they feel uh, normal to us. And when you actually get into proper alignment, it feels wrong. So you have to use a mirror to really check yourself. The most common thing in Zhan Zhuang is people lean backward. Their spine isn't straight. It's, it's backward like this. So put up a mirror, have one beside you, have one in front of you, alternate between the two and just notice like how you, you get jacked up during your practice. Basically, that was a big eye opener for me when I started really practicing with a mirror. <clears throat> okay, Arjun says, can I know the order to practice as I do meditation as well? So should I do Qigong, Dantian, microcosmic testicle and meditation or any specific order you suggest? Okay, so basically, um, I'll kind of share what I the sequence I like to practice in. Uh, I like to start with my Qigong practice, which first I do warm ups, I do stretches kind of things to get the, the energy gates open and get the chi flowing. And then I do my Qigong practice and just, you know, light up really hard. Uh, and then I do my sitting practice, uh, whether that's, you know, just a meditation practice, whether I'm doing microcosmic orbit, testicle breathing. Um, I would say overall, the, the order isn't that important. It's just kind of what works for you. And I just feel like once I do some standing practice, once I really get my chi flowing, when I sit, I'm just like, boom, I'm in a deep state to just sit hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not terribly important, I would say. I would recommend starting with the Don Tien overall, though, in your sitting practice, you want to kind of charge up the Don Tien. Uh, once you get it built, because, you know, you fire it up, you know, feel it activate. And then, you know, you go to do your, your microcosmic orbit, it'll be much more potent with that Dantian engagement. Arjun says, when I do Dantian breathing, a lot of heat collects in the perineum area, which is not coming up in the lower Dantian. So what should I do? That's a good sign. You're starting to get the, the cauldron lighting. This area, the perineum, it's the storehouse of Jing. It's known as the Lu. LU in Taoist internal alchemy, which is kind of the, the stove that cooks the cauldron, which is the Lord Antien. So it's a good sign that that's kind of activating for you. Um, it means that your gene is really activating. It's ready to be kind of alchemized, right? So what you can do is, is, is kind of pull that gene up into your, into your Dantian. So you just, you feel that once that heat builds in your perineum, just think of pulling it up. It's not, not like squeezing the perineum or anything like that, but it's just a slight kind of like using your mind to slightly almost like there's a string on the inside plucking up from the perineum you just as slight as slight as physical engagement from inside and just pluck that up into your uh into your dantian as you inhale pluck it up as you exhale relax just let it absorb in there that will help to bring that gene that's lighting up out of the perineum and start to kind of alchemize it in the dantian something you can do Sia, Sia Bonga, sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Sia Bonga says, what, which one of your Qigong routines is the best for absolute beginners? I would say that pretty much all of the, the, my YouTube Qigong routines are suitable for beginners. Um, one I would recommend is, I think it's energizing morning Qigong routine, something like that. Uh, it's one of the more recent ones that that's a great one for beginners. I would, I would I'd say you'll get a lot of uh, bang for your buck as far as practice time working with that one. So I would recommend that.
Herbage Meerkat says, Yo, bro, is incorporating Dantian breathing to my Qigong routine beneficial during semen retention? Yes, definitely. Dantian breathing is important because it will actually start to, uh, it will actually start to actually pull that, some of that sexual energy into the Dantian to store it there instead of it just being left in the genitals. And that will also start to build your Dantian, which becomes a container to store qi. And if you don't have a Dantian, you don't really have a real container vessel, we could say, for that that qi to, to constantly be collecting and storing and condensing and kind of cooking inside of. So it's it's an important thing for energy cultivation in general. So definitely a good practice to do semen retention and in general for anyone. Arjun says, like you mentioned in testicle breathing guided meditation, it's it's very, very, very similar to that. It's just a pluck, except you're emphasizing the perineum area, just kind of plucking up that gene from that area. Arjun says, also, will, will there be an update to the sexual Kung Fu workout as you look like Super Saiyan Goku now? <laughs> uh well, there's, there's a, you know, I would say that my 12 week course is a much more updated, much more expansive program to work with than that. Um, yeah, there's some other, other, uh, uh, classes I've released as well, like the awakening sexual center, which goes much more into depth in the, the pelvic floor and working with that as well. Okay, Fava13 says, what is the name of the martial art or energy practice again? Uh, I'm not sure which one I was talking about. Uh, maybe, maybe Zhan Zhuang, uh, which is Z-H-A-N-Z-H-U-A-N-G, which means it's a China, you know, ancient Qigong practice from China. It means standing like a tree. Standing meditation, Qigong standing meditation is also known. That is the practice. It's, it's phenomenal. I think that's what I was talking about, which is also a basis for a lot of internal martial arts as well. <clears throat> Josh Tubero says, do you recommend that couples do certain practices prior to lovemaking? It's definitely great to, you know, uh, you don't, you don't have to every time, but it's certainly nice to make it kind of a, almost a ritual and to have sort of a dropping out of your normal daily life and into the shift where you're now being conscious with each other. You now want to connect to each other, you know, release any stress or tension from the day and shift into pure presence and connection. And, uh, that could be a variety of things. It could be like, um, there's, there's many, many things my partner and I like to do together. Eye gazing is a very common tantric practice where basically you just sit apart from each other. You can either be touching or not physically touching. You can be, you know, a few feet apart and you just look into each other's left eye. Um, and you simply, yeah, you simply gaze into each other's eyes and it actually starts to create this, this polarity, this yin yang field after a few minutes it starts to feel like you're sitting underwater. Water. It's very powerful. That can really open you up and connect you. Also, um, breathing together, you coordinate your breathing. So you place your, you can do it while, while eye gazing, or you can kind of embrace each other. You place your, your heads nearby. So you can hear your partner's breath and you breathe deeply. You synchronize your breathing. So as you inhale, your partner's inhaling, as you exhale, they're exhaling, you breathe together, do this for a few minutes. Just notice how it really harmonizes you together and, um, creates a resonance, right? And, you know, Things like massage, having a conversation, just going for a walk together, all kinds of things you can do to, to connect with your partner for lovemaking. But I think the, the general rule is you want to 
you want to get out of any stress, any uh, kind of negative things, you know, if there's any resentment, any negative emotions, you want to kind of resolve that so it doesn't come into a sexual session. Tina, hey Tina, Tina says, hi, what are some ways women can help their partners circulate sexual energy after lovemaking? That's a good question. Um, well, again, the, the breathing together is very, very helpful, but you can also, you, one person can help and assist the other person's energy to circulate. So if you've ever done, you know, Qigong, microcosmic orbit, all this stuff, once you really le learn how to absorb your mind into your body and affect the energy channels, you can actually do the same thing to your partner, right? You can absorb your mind into their body, which happens uh, a lot more effortlessly during sex. And you just absorb your mind into their body. You can move your awareness, your yi, through their microcosmic orbit, for their through their energy channels. Uh, using your hand, just, you know, moving your hand up their back over their head, you can kind of trace the line of the microcosmic orbit using your own awareness to guide their energy as well. It's something you can do. Say, spill my tea all over myself. <laughs> Got a nice stain on my shirt, not stain, but a sweat spot on my shirt now. <clears throat> Arjun says, how to raise your vibration for law of attraction to work since I recently started semen retention. So first of all, there's a lot more to manifestation than just the law of attraction type stuff. Um, I've talked about this in some videos, but basically overall, I will say that it's really about being able to be in a very positive, grateful state and feel like you already embody that, which you're trying to bring into your life. Right. Um, for example, if you're, uh, if you're trying to manifest $10,000, whatever, the rather than like, okay, I really want $10,000 in two weeks in the future. I feel like it's here in the now. You have to really be in that state, like feel like you have it right now. How, how excited would you be? What would you do with it? What kind of, what do you actually need that for? Like, why is it you're trying to call into this thing? If it's, if it's something very superficial, it, it probably won't really uh, get you very far, right? So really being able to deeply have a good reason for this and being able to, again, get into the state of really feeling like you have it in the here and the now feeling very grateful to spend a few minutes doing that and then just let go entirely. And you can, you know, I only had so much success with this until I learned how to really amplify that further with, first of all, sexual energy, practicing sexual cultivation on top of this will boost that manifestation. But there's also a Qigong practice uh, called primordial Qigong, which I found to amplify my manifestation practice. And I taught it recently in a class, uh, primordial alchemy class, which is on my website. Um, but yeah, hope that's helpful. Siobonga says, I've been off, I've been on and off retention, but now I want to do it long-term celibacy for six months. Any tips? Well, the most important thing is that you keep the energy flowing. You, you keep it, you're not, not like a approaching it from a place of suppression. Like, okay, this sex drive is wrong. You're bad. I'm going to ignore you. Right. Uh, you, you often just strengthen it in the long run, but you have to fully integrate that energy into your being, right. Which, which involves creating the, the flow of sexual energy in your body. That's why doing microcosmic orbit orgasmic breathing, testicle breathing is very important as a regular practice because it will keep that energy moving. Uh, 
stay productive. Basically, you want to have creative outlets. Basically, if you want to, what you're doing with retention is you're building more energy. So you have to increase your the things you're putting energy into basically, or, or have a very strong internal alchemy process to cook that energy and transform it into something else. Otherwise, it's just going to build up very, very strongly, and you don't really have anything new to put it into. So you're eventually just going to want to ejaculate it out. So keep it moving. Channel that. <clears throat> Urbage Meerkast says, I appreciate you, bro. Just wanted to say that. You're helping a lot. Bless up. Thank you. Thanks for... I'm glad it's helpful. Uncle Uncle Stupid says how to release suppressed emotions during lovemaking, solo play, and naturally. So in general, um, I would say, first of all, be careful about what it is, like what kind of suppressed emotions, because it's not always good to bring uh, suppressed emotions into sex uh, because sexual energy is an amplifier. So when you're in this aroused sexual state, if there's a lot of these, like, you know, if there's strong anger, strong negative things, it can be amplified by that sexual energy potentially. So this may be, this may be better work to do outside of the context of sex. Uh, but overall, just making sure that you're not like maybe suppressing more positive things, right? Maybe if you have a an inability to really connect with your partner, to connect with yourself, to feel self-love, whatever, and that's kind of what's being suppressed. And yeah, it's very appropriate to allow that to release during lovemaking. And how you do this, I mean, it, make sure, first of all, you're not like really tense. If there's any like strong tension areas of your body, it can be something stuck there. So really, really relaxing your body deeply, keeping the breath smooth and deep making sounds i think is, is also is very important maybe in any type of sound you feel like making during sex maybe something very primal grunty uh, maybe something more oh you know whatever whatever just allow sound sound is actually very powerful it can create a vibration and will help you also help you experience more full body pleasure instead of having to ejaculate out and just circling the energy through your body as well will, will naturally start to open things up <clears throat> Arjun says, today while doing testicle breathing, I felt cold energy on my lower dantian and crown chakras mentioned by you in the audio. So that, so is that chi? Yeah, basically it's chi. You know, maybe a different form of chi, maybe more the jing chi. If it's a thicker, syrupy, dense thing, it's more the jing, but it might be the chi. So you're feeling energy. Everyone will feel it differently. Siobanga says, just found your content, lots of interesting stuff. What got you into spirituality and retention? Well, spirituality, first of all, in uh, when I was 19, I, uh, I had some psilocybin mushrooms and it, I went on this, you know, psychedelic experience and just, you know, basically it's like my, my crown, I had this like Kundalini experience. My crown opened up just like, boom, I was blasted into cosmic consciousness, just saw how the universe is an organism and everything must work in harmony together. And when that happens, it, it, things are extremely blissful. It, there was much more to it than that. But this experience for my 19-year-old self, before that, I was just very superficial, stuck in the material world like everyone else. And this just completely changed my life. It was like, wow, what was that? How do I experience more of that? And that led me into practicing yoga, meditation, eventually Qigong, Taoist practices, uh, as a way to get back into this kind of more expanded state of consciousness and sustain it because taking drugs wasn't really uh, a sustainable thing for me. 
<clears throat> and as far as retention, uh, that I got into this when I was, uh, well, you know, again, on my spiritual journey, I, I heard a lot of people talking about like brahmachari and like this concept of semen being something very sacred and your life force, you shouldn't just waste it. But I didn't really learn any practical methods of how to actually do that. So I went back to my old habits pretty quickly. And then I discovered the work of Montauk Chia, who actually talked about how you can still engage in sex without ejaculating frequently and get all the benefits of retention without suppressing your sexuality. And I was like, that's more my vibe. How do I do that? And that led me to, um, um, study with teachers. I studied with several teachers, you know, from around the world and still I am studying with various teachers to really understand this thing, uh, for myself. Dude, Talha says psychedelics hold the key for sure. I would say, you know, potentially they, it, this, I've talked about this many times, but it can be it for some people, these kind of plant medicines and things can be activations and help them open up to new realms and experiences, which certainly happened for me my first time anyway. But after a while, I was trying to recreate this experience again. And it made me see that it was becoming a crutch and holding me back into this kind of limited space. Because what happens for a lot of people is they start to rely on these, this external thing. It's like, oh, I got, I have to do ayahuasca once a month to, to be spiritual. And it actually becomes a trap for your consciousness because it's not, it's not truly an experience coming from with you. It's it, from within you. It's coming from this external thing. So eventually you kind of have to go beyond that, I would say, but they can, they can certainly be you know, like keys for some people or stepping stones on the journey, I think is, is more appropriate because you don't need them to get there. You can do it with meditation, uh, and internal practice. Just not everyone has that, that patience <laughs> and discipline. Shay Fumik says, what are your thoughts on Dr. Joe Dispenza? I think he has some great stuff, but, um, you'll only get, you know, it, it, I would say it's good kind of like introduction, introductory stuff to energetic practice and things like that. He teaches a lot of yoga techniques, pranayama techniques and things like that. It's, it's great for sure. But there's a lot more to energy cultivation. <clears throat> MT says long time follower. You have great advice. Awesome. I'm glad you found it helpful. Zeke the Geek says, how important do you think it is to tell your partner everything, even about how you wish they had more of a pheromone smell down there, which they could accomplish by not shaving all hair off? Um, I, you know, it's really up to you. Obviously, I think it's important to be open and honest in relationships, but how far you want to, you know, I, if, if that's something you really think is important, you know, the, the thing to understand is that they're their own person. They can do as they want to do. So don't, you know, never like pressure them into things, but you know, yeah, it's good to be open and honest for sure. Joe says, my partner likes to jump right into sex versus some energy movement practices. This seems to not help me move my sexual energy around towards energetic orgasms. I think any suggestions? Yeah. So, um, I would say, I mean, it's not like you have to specifically do like, you know, like, okay, we have to do Qigong together. We have to do this tantric ritual together. It doesn't have to be that necessarily, but I think that foreplay kind of, you know, I did a, a video on YouTube recently called Dallas foreplay, right? And just talk about the importance of, of kind of preparing, preparing the body, because a lot of people do have, I think sometimes it's almost a resistance to really having a deep experience because they want to rush 
rush into it and then rush right to orgasm. It's like get a quick fix, get off and then, you know, be done with it. Right. And it's, I think it's almost an avoidance sometimes of a deeper intimacy of a deeper experience. Right. There's, there's various aspects to this, but, um, what I would suggest is just spending more time in foreplay being like, no, I'm not ready. I want to, you know, I want to tease you a little bit. I want to massage your body. I want to give you pleasure in a certain way, whatever I want to, I want you to really, really want it. And while you're doing that, you can be doing the orgasmic breathing, drawing the energy through your body, staying relaxed, connecting with earth chi, whatever. There's a lot of things you can be doing within yourself as a practice to prepare yourself for penetration. Dude, Tauha says, I'm working on meditation, how it could help in space travel with a NASA scientist. I need content regarding meditation data, physiological benefits of breath work and yoga to prove them. Well, I think that there's a lot of people doing this kind of stuff. You know, I'm more about like, hey, I do this. It works. That's enough for me. And obviously, sometimes I share some scientific things as well. But yeah, I'm sure that you will be able to find that. There's a lot of people talking about this. Xenia XMF says, how do you build deeper connection with someone when they don't believe in energy? Well, you know, just because you don't have the same belief system doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't deeply connect with someone necessarily. Like sometimes, sometimes it's nice to have a bit of contrast. I think, especially in relationships where sometimes there's two completely different people, maybe like, yeah, someone who's very much into energy and woo woo stuff. And the other person's very worldly and like, no, that's all fake. You can, I mean, you can still, you know, um, have a strong connection with that person. It's just maybe you have other interests together, right? But at the same time, it can, it can, I can see it definitely being at the point like, you know, I've dated people where they just weren't into this stuff at all. And, and it, eventually it became a bit of a burden because I was really cultivating myself, getting all this energy and they were kind of getting the benefits of it. And I was actually losing some of my chi in the exchange. So uh, if it's, if it becomes a bit of a like drain, type thing that may be, you know, time to kind of open your eyes and see if it's sustainable in the long run. But having said that, you know, uh, they may be more open to it in the future. And if it's, you know, not a huge deal, then just it is what it is, I guess, you know, every relationship is unique. <clears throat> Okay, guys, I'm going to answer just a few more questions. Sia um, <clears throat> Bonga says, does retention contribute to inner healing? I've noticed the times I've been retaining, sometimes trauma does come up, and now I'm on a healing journey. I've lost myself, and I want to find me again. So, uh, I mean, the whole thing with retention is that it's simply you're, <laughs> one of the biggest drains on men's energy is ex excessive ejaculation. So you basically stop the leak, and you have more energy, right? And this isn't always a good thing, right? Because you may have more energy to put into 
negative patterns, negative emotions, controlling people, these, you know, weird shadow aspects you may have. This is why I'm, you know, stressing this as a holistic cultivation path, not just as like, just do retention and everything will be great. It's not necessarily like that. Right. But it can certainly be healing in, in some areas because again, you simply have more chi to work with. You have more jing, this vital essence. You, your endocrine system will work better. Your health improves as you stop recklessly losing your life force and you start to actually build it up. So it can definitely be healing in this way. It's also, I live with my father who's a narcissistic and how do I protect my energy from him? Well, it really comes down to strengthening your boundaries, you know, not, um, not kind of allowing yourself to be driven by him, to be bossed around, to be, you know, kind of walked, stepped on by him, just having really strong boundaries and who you are and, and what you want to do with your energy and things like that. And I think doing Qigong and meditation really helps with this. Arjun says, is there any way to find out your life purpose using seam retention as I know the job I am in is not meant for me? I'm currently working in shifts and I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. So, I mean, again, just seam retention alone, will this do this for you? It will simply give you more energy to work with, to mobilize, uh, but you must keep that energy balanced and harmonious, right? So this is more about, I would say, you know, yeah, asking yourself, what is it you feel that your life's purpose is? Why do you think that you're here? What kinds of things excite you? What kind of things can you do for hours on end and it feels playful, like enjoyable to you? You know, what are you really passionate about? And you may have to explore this a bit. Um, in my earlier days, for me, that was music. I was a musician. I was a professional musician for a while. And then I got into, um, you know, I started sharing sexual kung fu because I was getting into this uh, path of energy cultivation. It was just so deeply healing and transformative to me. I was like, the world needs to know about this. And then that became a large part of my life's purpose as well. So Learn to follow your heart, I think, is the best advice I can give. And when you feel excited, you feel passionate about something, follow it out, follow it to the end, you know, as much as you can. Don't feel like you have to be a slave your whole life. It's miserable to do something that you hate. You know, I, I can say that from much experience. Tyrone39 says, can you give any tips on how to control urges to watch pornography? Well, you're always going to have the urges. That's the most important thing. You will probably always have those urges. But the thing is that, number one, developing your discipline, your willpower to simply say, okay, I have a, an urge. That doesn't mean I have to act on it. You know, like, okay, I have an urge to go shoot up some heroin. Maybe I shouldn't do that, though. You know, it's like just using common sense to say, well, if I do this, it, it's not going to be a good result. So it's it's just allowing yourself to not cave into instant gratification based desires. This is all it is. It's, it's training yourself to do this. And when you, when you learn to simply not do something just because you have the desire to, it strengthens that muscle of your willpower and your discipline, right? So that's the most important. That's really to get to the root of it. That's it is you simply have to say, no, I'm not going to do this. Even if you have the desire to, you know, welcome to planet earth. Right. Um, but also I would say you need, you start, you need to start to add better habits for yourself as well. Start to develop your body and your mind, you know, practice meditation, qigong, go to the gym, exercise, find a creative outlet for yourself because you need something else to put your energy into as well to keep you entertained and get something that gives you a natural high that's not just completely wrecking your brain and hacking your hormone system like uh, porn is.
Thanks, Seek the Geek. Glad that uh, you enjoyed things. <clears throat> okay, Siobonga says, did you get, do you get to a point where you naturally feel your chi at almost all times? Like feeling it while doing this live during most of the day? Yes, this is what happens when you do, well, I should say when you do Qigong in the real energy-centric way, because it took me several years of doing Qigong to really learn what actually really gets the chi moving. I go more into depth in this in the Immortal Energy Arts, which is my kind of online school in internal energy training, mortalenergyarts.com. I teach a lot of this, the a lot of the really foundations of very, very energy-centric Qigong in my uh, 12-week course, Multi-Orgasmic Man. In fact, I teach more there than most people are you know, it, it'll be a lot more powerful the Qigong there than most people are, are teaching just for what I've seen, because again, I spent, you know, a long time studying this stuff myself. So talk, you know, I was talking about this earlier, how uh, Sun Lutong, uh, a Qingyi master, which is an internal martial art based on Qi development, he talked about every practice session, adding another layer of this energy, adding another layer. And so after, I would say a few years of, you know, doing some of the more, I would say, high voltage chi work, like really working the Dan Tian, doing Tai Chi, the really internal Tai Chi, Baguazhang, Xing Yi Chuan, these internal energy arts. Um, you, you start to get that tangible energy charge. It starts in the hands. Everyone, I mean, everyone feels in the palms. Like, you know, you see this thing, oh, stretch the chi ball. Oh, put it together. You feel a little buzz in your hands and like, whoa, that's my chi. That's just the tiniest, tiniest tip of the iceberg, right? Then eventually your forearms start to light up. Your your back, your torso, your legs. That's the one of the coolest feelings is the electrical legs. You know, do my uh, uh, grounding Qigong practice. That's the walking Qigong to start lighting up your legs after a while. Um, it takes, again, it takes months and years to really develop this stuff. But once you do, it's this full body permeation of Qi. It's like this hydraulic radioactive electrical sensation that's eventually becomes, yeah, all day, simply like putting your mind in your body, you light up. So Yes, I started to feel my chi 24-7, and anyone can with this training. It's 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 a pretty cool thing that was meant for all humans to to uh experience, I would say, because it's this, you know, internal energy cultivation, it's this internal technology that we must each develop for ourselves. That's what these great masters of the past of Tai Chi, Xing Yi, Qigong were trying to tell us. But unfortunately, it's been kind of limited into this very, very physicalized thing where people are like, okay you know, doing Qigong, like, yeah, squeeze and tense your shoulders. And they're doing it with far too much tension and no awareness. Imagine the chi flowing. Okay. I imagine I'm, I'm, I'm breathing deeply. Okay. Yeah. This is Qigong. It's moving my blood. It's moving my fascia. That's it. But you know, it, I would say that the true spirit of a lot of these practices has been a bit lost. That's what I'm really trying to preserve and share myself in a lot of the ways is the real tangible chi experience because people, more people experience this they would not be doing drugs. They would not be depressed. They would not be having stupid online arguments with each other about stuff that doesn't matter. They would be in this amazing blissful experience that being in a human body with your chi fully activated can be. It's a high beyond any pharmaceutical drug or you know something you can buy from a dope dealer. The problem though is that humans have become too distracted and lazy to put in the hours and hours and years it takes to develop this. So, you know, it, it is the Jedi path, I guess. And um, yeah. Keep practicing and you'll get there. And I think that that's a, a fitting point for me to wrap this up. Um, yeah. And just to answer Harsh Vedan's question here, what should we be doing during sex? Power lock technique or orgasmic breathing? Keep your breath smooth and deep. Keep the energy flowing with your orgasmic breathing. Make sure your pelvic floor stays relaxed. And if the excitement gets too high, do a power lock. Boom. Okay, guys. Thanks for joining. And again, I'm offering a 44% discount 
a uh, 44% off. Yeah. On my awakening the sexual center class, which is all about releasing pelvic floor tension and overcoming premature ejaculation. There's a link in the description of this video. There's a link in my Instagram bio next 48 hours. You can get that 44% discount. It's an amazing class. I've had, I've heard amazing results from people who went through it. There's this one guy who said immediately his premature ejaculation was cured by following these exercises. So it's great. Okay, one last question because I think it's, it's interesting. Nizam Muhammad says, why do some Qigong practitioners that can break bricks and take hits at the stomach end up getting sick? Because it's a superficial thing that they're training. You know, this is the thing with like, there's, I would, I would call kind of circus trick chi practices, right? Like the guys who, yeah, they do the iron shirt stuff where they can break bricks on themselves. They can try to stab themselves with spears. Basically what you train at, you get good at. So when that's the only thing you're spending your time training, you'll get really good at that. But do you develop uh, spiritual development? Do you develop inner peace from doing that? Do you, again, yeah, develop your immune system? I mean, I, well, honestly, that would actually probably pretty strengthen your, your Wei Chi. But, you know, there's a lot of factors to it, right? So um, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, honestly. But um, <laughs> when you do practice specifically that build your immune system, build that, that Wei Chi, right? Um, I don't know. It's a little different than training to break bricks over yourself, the more shallow practice. Anyways, thanks everyone for joining. Good to see you guys. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm going live next week. I'm probably going to be doing another long drive heading to New Mexico. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Sexual Kung Fu Podcast. Make sure you grab my free ejaculation control guide in the description and follow Sexual Kung Fu on Instagram and YouTube.